Hello, I'm Zanela Butelezi, and this is China Africa Talk. The year 2022 has seen major developments that further deepened China-Africa cooperation in various areas, from health and disease control to infrastructure developments and space. China-Africa cooperation continued to deliver major infrastructure in different parts of the continent under the Belt and Road Initiative and other similar platforms. I spoke with Chinese ambassador to Nigeria, Tui Jianquan. So in Nigeria, I want to share with you several biggest things. One is about deep sea port in Lagos. We finished this deep sea port end of October. This deep sea port is a gateway for Nigeria to get things inland in Nigeria and also can export things to other side. So we also build a railway here, highway, airport, hydropower plant. So I, I think that in the whole African continent, China really has done a good things for pave the way for the every nation development. In September, the first ever Earth to Space video call between Chinese taikonauts aboard the Tiangong Space Station and youth from eight African countries took place. Bridget Mutambura spoke with CGTN correspondent Kiram Chara, who covered the events. This was the first time in the continent that astronauts, especially from China, spoke to African youth. It was really inspiring, something that the participant youth have found very interesting at the same time. With food security under threat due to climate change, inflation and geopolitical conflict, African countries and China sought to strengthen collaboration in agriculture. In one of the sit-downs with African ambassadors, Bridget Mutambira spoke with South Sudanese ambassador to China, Mande Kumba. We'll be working closely to advance our economic and trade and investment cooperation, military cooperation, security cooperation, and most importantly, to also benefit from the Chinese experience and technology in advancing agriculture. Because as I said from the beginning, we have a lot of resources the land in South Sudan is very fertile, it is suitable for agriculture. Mm -hmm. So developing agriculture is one of our core uh, concerns, benefiting from uh, Chinese experiences and accessing also Chinese market. However, three years after the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the virus still remained one of the major topics in 2022. As the curtain falls down on 2022, in this episode, we take a closer look at the global health crisis that continued to dominate the year, as well as Africa's response to it. Countries around the world tried to adjust to the new normal, which includes living with the virus while they still recover from its impacts. But for many countries on the African continent, recovery is fraught with challenges, due to the lack of necessary resources. But the World Health Organization had some positive news this month. It indicated that Africa is on track to control the pandemic due to the continent's improved capacity of managing cases. On December 8, WHO Regional Director for Africa, Dr. Matsidiso Muedi, gave an update on the COVID situation in Africa. With a little over 12,300 new cases and 50 deaths, 
the numbers remain at their lowest since the start of the pandemic. Despite the recent uptick, there is hope that Africa will be spared the challenges of the previous two years when surging cases marred the holiday season for many. While the current efforts keep the pandemic within control, we are carefully monitoring its evolution. We must remain vigilant and be ready to adopt more stringent preventive measures if necessary. Africa has made huge steps to strengthen laboratory capacity, including conducting genomic sequencing. Around 105,000 sequences were produced in 2022, compared with 58,600 or so in 2021. This increased capacity has now been used to track other viruses such as monkeypox, Ebola and cholera, and will be a key public health tool of the future. Through its cooperation with the African Union, regional structures and individual countries, China has been a key supporter of Africa's fight against the pandemic. These partnerships saw the provision of millions and millions of COVID-19 doses, health kits and technical supports in many countries. Speaking during a virtual session of the 2022 World Economic Forum in January, Chinese President Xi Jinping pledged that China will provide another 1 billion COVID-19 doses to African countries, including 600 million donated doses. China is a country that delivers on its promises. China has already sent over 2 billion doses of vaccines to more than 120 countries and international organizations. Still, China will provide another 1 billion doses to African countries, including 600 million doses as donation. Zimbabwe is one of the countries that saw their fight against COVID-19 receive a major boost from the Chinese medical aid and vaccine supplies. CGTN Radio's Su Yi spoke with China Media Group's correspondent Gao Junya, who's based in the Zimbabwean capital of Harare. He begins by asking her how Zimbabwe has been dealing with the pandemic this year. I can't believe that COVID-19 has been with us for three years disrupting our life and throwing us into uncertainties for such a long time. At least now we are seeing a silver lining. The Omicron variant, although quite contagious, has dropped significantly in its severity. Zimbabwe is no exception. It is currently under the impact of the Omicron variant, and the disruptions and difficulties caused by the Omicron are getting less severe. I've noticed that the country's Ministry of Health and Child Care has stopped updating the COVID-19 infections since mid-October, and the government has been rolling out a series of measures lifting COVID-related restrictions over the past year. For example, I just came back from an overseas trip. When I arrived at the airport, I noticed that no PCR test is required for inbound international travelers, and no one even bothered to check travelers' vaccination cards. It's still required to wear a mask when entering public indoor places like shops or markets, but I've met people who don't wear any mask and no one forced them to wear. Two months ago, I forgot to wear my mask when I went to a market. I was stopped by the lady who sanitized customers at the entrance, and I had to go back to the car to put on my mask. 
But I would like to point out that authorities and people are fully aware that the virus is still around. This December, so far, 12 people have died from the disease. The government is stepping up efforts to roll out the vaccination drive, what it calls vaccination blitz, with regards to a slight increase in infections, especially with the arrival of the festive season. But generally speaking, people's life is getting back on track. Looking back when the coronavirus first hit Zimbabwe three years ago, I mean, how challenging was the situation for this less developed country? I would say it was a bit worrisome at the beginning. The healthcare system in Zimbabwe is not that strong. Even before the pandemic struck, actually, doctors and nurses were holding strikes sometimes, demanding better pay. So the pandemic actually put more pressure on the country's medical system. It has limited medical resources to deal with the new virus, be it ventilators, protective gears for medical workers, and even designated facilities for treating COVID-19 patients. One more challenging aspect is that here in Zimbabwe, many people in big cities they live in high-density areas. You know, they have limited access to clean water and sanitary facilities, and it's hard, or I should say, it's impossible for them to keep social distance. Some senior officials, including former foreign minister and former agricultural minister, succumbed to COVID-19. How do local people view this coronavirus, and how did they prepare to deal with the pandemic at that time? Yeah, I'd like to point out that African countries, especially those in sub-Sahara Africa, they reported COVID-19 cases not that early, comparing to other continents. For example. Zimbabwe reported its first confirmed case on March the twentieth, twenty twenty. By then, they'd seen how the virus was wreak havoc at the rest of the world, so I think they took it quite seriously. I went with government officials and parliamentarians to a designated facility dealing with suspected COVID nineteen cases. We also went to the international airport in Harare to check how it was preparing to tackle potential imported cases. Even before the virus hit the country, the Zimbabwean government had rolled out a series of strict measures, trying to curb a potential outbreak. The government also imposed several travel restrictions, like unnecessary travel outside the country, especially to destination countries affected by the virus, were curtailed. Travelers from high-risk countries were encouraged to postpone their travel arrangements to Zimbabwe. So I think authorities and people here were trying their best to get ready to bear the brunt of the pandemic. The nationwide lockdown slowed down the spread of the virus, but on the other hand, it stagnated the economy. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ. We still share one thing in common: we have hope for humanity and the world. General Railway Company Deutsche Bahn, the 26th United Nations Climate. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. I'm curious,、uh, what did you do in face of this unknown virus at that time? Well. When Zimbabwe was hit by the virus, I followed the government's lockdown measures strictly. That is, staying at home. So before the lockdown was imposed, I'd hoarded a lot of groceries like cooking oil, rice, flowers, and frozen meat, and of course, plenty of food for my security squad, my dogs. 
And the first round of lockdown lasted for 21 days, and I went occasionally to grocery stores to get fresh vegetables and fruits once or twice a week. When I went out, I make sure that I wore a mask and keep social distance with others. And in the early days, when China reported the coronavirus in January, February of 2020, I spent a lot of time and efforts telling people here in Zimbabwe about the virus, about what was really happening on the ground in China at that time. Actually, when China was hit by the virus. Zimbabwean government officials, including the president, vice president, many ministers, they voiced their support for China to combat the disease and criticized the politicization of the origin of the virus. And many young Zimbabwean people and some students, they also expressed their concern and care for China. However, there were occasions when some people here they saw me and would shout at me, "Corona!" So. I figure there were huge misunderstandings about the virus, about the pandemic in China among local people. So I went to several local radio programs. I published a story on its national newspaper, trying my best to clear the misunderstandings. And personally, I think it worked. When I went to a program on Zimbabwe's most influential radio, Star FM, I talked about my experience that I was caught corona, and many people text messaged me actually after the show and showing their support for me and apologized on behalf of those who called me corona. That was quite heartwarming, I should say. And so yes, this is basically what happened at the early stages of the pandemic. When did you feel that the country might be able to deal with this pandemic after all? Yeah. I'd like to give my thumb up to the Zimbabwean government. Authorities here imposed a 21-day national lockdown on March the 30th, 2020, ten days after it reported its first confirmed case. At that time, there were a total of nine confirmed cases and one death. I think it calls for great political will and courage to make such a decision, and it did help to reduce the spread of the virus and saved people's lives. And when it comes to the designated facilities for COVID-19 patients. Chinese community here in Zimbabwe made big contributions to it, because a number of Chinese firms in Zimbabwe they helped to upgrade Zimbabwe's Wilkins Hospital, the very first designated hospital for treating COVID-19.、Mm, construction workers were there day and night, and the upgrade was finished within ten days. Well, another example of the Chinese speed. And the Chinese firms also procured valuable medical equipment for the hospital, including oxygen machines, ventilators, protective suits, and test kits. And vaccine-wise, we know that the Western countries developed vaccines first, but they immediately politicized it. They not only hoarded vaccines, but also decided which countries could have vaccines and which ones not. And Zimbabwe was one of the countries singled out for not getting any of the vaccines from the Western countries, as you know it's still on the sanction lists of the EU and the US. Luckily, China is standing with Zimbabwe. China has donated several batches of vaccines to Zimbabwe, while Harare has also purchased other batches from Beijing. Here's Vice President and Health Minister Constantino Chiwanga, with Chinese Ambassador to Zimbabwe Guo Xiaojun, at one of the events to welcome the donated doses. We receive this vaccine as a gleam of hope to the nation that finally we may. Be on the verge of returning to some semblance of normal. We are also facing the enormous demand of supply of vaccine in China, but Zimbabwe is 
or broader. So the assistance of vaccine and the supply of vaccine to Zimbabwe is not a problem. Junya elaborates on the assistance provided by China to Zimbabwe. The Chinese government sent a team of Chinese medical experts in May 2020 to Zimbabwe to help fight the coronavirus. Most of the doctors in the 12-member team they have frontline experience fighting COVID-19 in Hubei province, the epicenter of the early coronavirus outbreak in China. During their two-week stay in Zimbabwe, they traveled to four of Zimbabwe's ten provinces. They visited hospitals, offering guidance on the layout of healthcare facilities and especially the management of isolation areas. They trained local doctors and nurses on the diagnosis and treatment of COVID-19 patients. They also donated large quantities of medical supplies to local hospitals. I would say the Chinese medical experts significantly boosted Zimbabwe's capability to combat the disease. When seeing them off, Zimbabwe's then Minister of Health and Childcare Obadia Moyo thanked them for sharing their medical expertise and helping Zimbabwe dealing with the virus. The Chinese medical expert team has made quite useful recommendations, which will be adopted by my ministry because it has shared the knowledge and experience. As we save lives and prevent unnecessary deaths, so their trip to Zimbabwe was really helpful for the country. Well, it's nice to see that Zimbabwe has overcome the toughest period, and later we had vaccines. I understand Zimbabwe was among the first African countries to receive vaccines provided by China. How were those batches of vaccine utilized in that country? Actually, Zimbabwe is doing a good job when it comes to COVID-19 vaccination, especially among African countries. I think this is attributed to sufficient vaccine supplies and a solid vaccination drive, and you know the mutual vaccine cooperation between China and Zimbabwe is still continuing. Last month, a batch of three million COVID-19 vaccines were handed over to the Zimbabwean side from China. What's your observation in Zimbabwe when it comes to the distribution of vaccines, and when it comes to how the authorities have been encouraging people to become vaccinated? After the arrival of its first batch of vaccines, Zimbabwean authorities soon kicked off a nationwide vaccination drive, covering all its ten provinces. It's been working around the clock, training medical personnel for a nationwide vaccination campaign, and authorities are setting up good examples for people to get vaccinated. When Zimbabwe kicked off its vaccination campaign. Zimbabwean Vice President Constantino Chiwenga, who also has the country's Ministry of Health, became the first Zimbabwean to receive the Sinopharm vaccine, and he urged all Zimbabweans to be vaccinated at their nearest health centers. I've been to different vaccination centers for many times. I saw people of all age groups who widely showed up to get jabbed. Vaccination was and is gaining momentum here. A 65-year-old local resident who has an underlying condition told me that she was confident in the Chinese vaccine, and after she got the vaccination, she felt so much relieved and free, and she doesn't feel as much endangered. Apart from the pandemic and vaccines, what other cooperation has been conducted between China and Zimbabwe in the field of healthcare these years? Well, you know, China has been sending Chinese medical teams to Zimbabwe since 1985. The current team, 19th of its kind, consists of 11 members. They are based in Zimbabwe's largest public hospital, Peringyatwa Hospital, exchanging their expertise and skills with local doctors and offering treatment to local patients. 
China also built a China-Zimbabwe Friendship Hospital or Muhu Sekwa Hospital in 2013, providing quality healthcare services in Zimbabwe's countryside. Cooperation in traditional medicine and therapies between the two sides are gaining momentum. The Zimbabwe-China Traditional Chinese Medicine and Acupuncture Center, the first of its kind, opened in the country in 2020, and since then, acupuncture is becoming more and more popular here. The very first group of local students who learned acupuncture had just graduated recently. I believe they will play a big role in promoting acupuncture across the country. Meanwhile, the Zimbabwean government said they wish to enhance cooperation in the field of traditional herbal medicine with China. We might expect the using of the Chinese herbal medicine to be permitted legally in Zimbabwe in the near future. In general, what's China been doing to help African countries deal with the pandemic, and what more could be done? Do you think? After the outbreak of the COVID-19, China has been continuously offering vaccine aid and medical support to African nations. As of August the 23rd, China has provided 189 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines to 27 African countries since the eighth ministerial conference of the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation in November 2021. Localized annual production capacities, in cooperation with African partners, now total nearly 400 million doses. Besides vaccines, China has also provided PPEs, sent medical experts, and had online exchanges with African nations. And personally, I think a lot can be done in improving research ability of African lab facilities. You know, when COVID struck the world in early 2020, across the African continent, there were only five labs that could do PCR tests. So definitely, a lot can be done in this field. Well, beyond COVID, public healthcare must be a focal point for China-Africa cooperation. I understand. So,、uh, what's been achieved in this realm, and what other promises are there between China and Africa in the field of public healthcare,、uh, maybe for the future? I can give you an example. You know, the China-aided future headquarters of the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or Africa CDC, building will be another gift from China to Africa. The headquarters would serve as a platform where Chinese medical experts would help Africans build their capacity to fight future pandemics. The future headquarters will be equipped with modern office buildings, high-end laboratories, and accessories. The project covers an area of 90,000 square meters and has a total construction area of nearly 40,000 square meters. The new Africa CDC headquarters project is just an epitome of China-Africa cooperation in the health sector. China has always emphasized putting people and their lives first, and has been actively assisting developing countries to improve their public health systems and medical services. Official statistics show that. From 2015 to 2019, China dispatched 3,588 medical workers overseas in 202 groups, mostly in Africa, and they in turn provided treatment to 11 million patients, organized professional training for local medical workers, offered free mobile clinic services, and donated medicines and equipment. And according to the deliverables of the high-level dialogue on global development held in June 2022, by 2030, China will have sent 5,000 professionals from the China medical team to other developing countries in need to help build up their infectious disease response and medical treatment capacities, mostly in Africa. 
China and Africa are still consolidating and deepening their health collaboration. Under the China-Africa Cooperation Vision 2035, China is supporting African health policies and helping to strengthen the prevention and control system against communicable diseases. While also improving medical research, developing traditional medicine, and improving medicine accessibility and affordability, the policy also supports Africa in reducing the prevalence of HIV/AIDS, tuberculosis, malaria, and other communicable diseases. That was CGTN Radio's Su Yi ending that discussion with China Media Group's journalist Gao Junya in Zimbabwe. That's it for this episode. From the entire team of China Africa Talk, thank you for being with us this year. We look forward to your continued support in the new year. We wish you all a safe, happy, and prosperous 2023.